guys, and welcome back to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I'm your host, Alicia. And today, back on the podcast, we have Dr. Allie Boutros. We've had Dr. Allie on a couple of earlier episodes, and I feel like what she brings to the conversation is so important. And I knew I wanted to bring Dr. Allie back on for this episode. So for those of you who are new to this podcast, Dr. Allie has a doctorate in clinical psychology. She's a mentor, life coach, author, and has a podcast called Tuesday Talks with Dr. Allie. So I'm so thrilled to have you back on today. So welcome back, Dr. Allie. Thank you so much. I love being involved in these podcasts with you and just the depth that you bring to the conversation as well. And I'm really excited to jump into the topic today. Yeah, it is going to be a good one. But so I just wanted to talk about um, the last time that you were on, we talked about trauma. Mm -hmm. And I just want to encourage um, the listener to go back and listen to that episode if you missed it, because it's so good, so informative, and just really gives you positive steps to take in healing from trauma. Today, I wanted to talk about the mindsets that we all battle. And I know that we have all experienced cycles or repeating habits or mindsets that just seem to be put on repeat. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> it's like you think you have maybe overcome something only to be staring at the same road or the same thought pattern again. Definitely. And so I wanted to start by reading an excerpt out of your book, Learning How to Love. Awesome. This is out of chapter um, titled Working Through Unhealthy Mindsets. And so I'll just read this excerpt really quickly. A mindset is a thought that we've made agreements with over and over again that has become a lens through which we see the world. We then speak, act, and view others through this lens. When we use the same lens, different situations seem to have the same results. If you have a negative lens, you may get negative results. But when you replace your lens with truth, things will start to change. Our mindsets cause repetitive patterns of behaviors in our lives. This is such a good statement. And I really wanted to start things off with that quote because I feel like this is something that a lot of people face. And, you know, we've faced you know, destructive cycles or maybe mindsets in our own lives. And so after hearing that, could you describe a little bit further what a destructive cycle or even a mindset is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question because I think it's not defined enough. And I really think that, you know, when it comes to destructive or, or what I would label even as unhelpful, right? Unhelpful cycles that aren't helping our life or our relationship or our emotions, right? That it gets super easy to feel a sense of shame about them and to feel a sense of insecurity about them. But really at the end of the day, we all have them in some form or another until we get an upgrade in our thinking. And and life is all about learning about those upgrades, you know? We upgrade our reading skills. We upgrade our, you know, sports skills, maybe if we're in sports as kids, you know? And so there really are limitless kind of possibilities to upgrade our cycles to be more helpful. 
I think at the root of most destructive cycles, there's a shame and a fear of that shame being discovered, which is really profound. There's a a driver that's kind of, as you mentioned, unconscious, right? right? And so that that unconscious feeling or fear of failure or feeling of worthlessness that we won't even sometimes acknowledge will act out in behaviors. And so many people, they say, okay, I'm just not going to do this behavior anymore. If I just, you know, manhandle my way or pull myself up, up by my bootstraps, right? Then I'll mm-hmm. stop this behavior and then everything will be okay. But really in order to change those cycles, we have to go beneath the surface and right. say, what is that core belief and that core mindset that's not helping us? And that's manifesting in this behavior. So I think of it as like, you know, we talk about the cycle of abuse kind of in psychology, how there's different stages. There's that stage of tension, and then there's an incident, and then there's a reconciliation, and then you're calm for a while. And I see this in destructive cycles. This is the same cycle we have with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some tension. You realize something isn't the way you like it, or something is giving you a lot of pressure, right? And then there's the incident where maybe you go to that destructive behavior or coping style or action or whatever it is, right? And then you think afterwards, I got to fix this. I got to fix this behavior. And then most people get gung-ho like that'll never happen again. I'm never going to do that again. I've made up my mind. I'm changing, right? And then you feel a little bit better and, and the conflict kind of subsides until the pressure builds up again. And where that pressure comes from is from that deeper place of shame or insecurity or fear. And so that's really the the core of what we have to resolve. Yeah. And I love how, when you're referring to, um, you know, issues or, you know, things that people are facing, you don't call them, you know, what most of us would say, you know, Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, I just can't get over this. What you say is that there's an upgrade available for you. Or there's an upgrade in your thinking. And I just love that wording because it feels, it doesn't feel like there's something wrong with me. Yeah. It feels like, oh, there's a better quality of life that I can have. You know, there's, there's something better. And I just, I absolutely love how you say that. Yeah. Um, And I I know. Oh, go ahead. ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think too, that so many of us are so used to kind of telling ourselves and hearing what's wrong with us that we don't ever give ourselves enough credit for what's right. And the fact that whatever we're doing right now, even if it's not the most helpful thing was the best we knew how to do at the time. So it's like, we don't even give ourselves credit for like, okay, this unhealthy coping skill was actually helping me to cope, even Mm -hmm. if it was also destructive. So let me find a replacement that is a easier like better way to cope that gives me the results I really want in my life and my relationships. Yeah. And I think it's so important, like you were saying, instead of just removing something, but replacing it with something better. Cause I think, you know, if it's been a coping mechanism that you've had in your life, removing that can feel like, oh my gosh, (laughs) totally. (laughs) What am I going to do now? Yeah. I can feel overwhelming. But replacing it sounds so much less threatening. And even like, I can do that part. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, I know sometimes it's hard to see that we might have, we might be in like a repetitive cycle. Mm -hmm. What might be some signposts to help the, to help the listener identify that they may have a repeating cycle in their life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, before I jump into that, it's kind of important to mention that these cycles can, like you said, be so sneaky. And be so hard to identify when you're in them. And part of that, I think, is because of that cycle I mentioned, where it's like you feel like you've resolved something on a surface level, even though you haven't resolved the core. And that's why even in psychology, we see people who have one addiction and they change the addiction to like, let's say alcohol, but then they come addicted to shopping or then they come addicted to something else because like deep down that, that shame and that fear and whatever emotion and, and mindsets are driving it becomes, um, becomes still wanting to be expressed in some way and still wanting to be heard because ultimately that behavior, if we follow the trail back to what's deeper, it's like, Hey, I'm still here. You still have shame issues that can be resolved, or you still have fear issues that you can work on and improve and find solutions for. And I'm like the behavior that's just kind of waving the flag saying there's something deeper here you can work on and get freedom in. Um, But these can be things that, you know, most people would think disruptive cycles, like, yeah, really terrible, big, Mm -hmm. like behaviors or addiction. But most of us don't realize it can actually just be hanging on to relationships that aren't good for you, right? Sure. Mm -hmm. It could be self-pity. We could actually have a destructive cycle of self-pity that we fall into. It could be a destructive cycle of avoidance or procrastination or even negative Mm self-talk that brings us down lower, that doesn't serve our life, that doesn't help us move towards the future. All of those things are ways to cope that don't move us towards the future. Right. You know, even people pleasing, you know, and so all of us have these ways that we kind of have navigated through life. And it's really hard because our culture doesn't give those things the same attention as like, this isn't helping you. This isn't toxic. This is toxic for you. You know, right. the fact that you speak this way to yourself is a negative pattern that's destructive and limiting in your life. Yeah. Um, and so when we look at the, the signposts, I think those are big ones. Um, I would say the, the way that you talk to yourself will ultimately manifest. So how is your self-talk? And if there is negativity or, or anger or frustration in the self-talk, then it's time to start looking at like how that is manifesting in your life differently. Um, I think when you see that you're neglecting your health or neglecting your boundaries or neglecting your relationships, you know, you're not treating them the same way you have before, or you recognize that the way that you're treating them is not working, that could be a sign. Um, Obviously, if you do something harmful to yourself or others, that's a sign. And if you kind of look at your relationships and say, everybody's the same, or the world's all the same, or I'm always going to be the same, those are huge red flags for me that there is a mindset that has enabled you to stay stuck in this pattern. And that mindset is actually um, a faulty one or an unhelpful one, because it's ultimately not the truth. It is your, um, kind of way to stay safe 
from changing or questioning anything and um, from the work that that takes to say that everyone's the same or, you know, I'll always be the same or they're always the same. So that is a huge sign to me that there's some kind of excusing going on to keep you from having to dive deeper to really understand what's going Mm -hmm. on and to feel confident to change it too. Right. Wow. Well, so maybe you can help me out with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Why does it sometimes seem easier to identify cycles or mindsets in other people's lives? And sometimes it's difficult to identify in our own. And for example, um, say you have a friend or family member who battles staying free from addiction Mm -hmm. and they get free for a little bit only to fall back into it. And we tend to look at that as black and white, like, oh, just stay away from drugs. Like it's that easy. But then say the person casting that judgment can't get, you know, they can't seem to get free from sugar addiction or like food addiction, but doesn't view it the same. And I think the truth is, is that both are destructive, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of times we downplay our own to make it more acceptable to us. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's, it's so much harder to see when we're looking at things close up, because even when you look at relationships, you know, there's some people that I work with that are like, you know, everyone ends up, you know, leaving me or everyone ends up doing this. And really what we have to remember is that there is a lot more going on beneath the surface. And that sometimes when we have that belief that everyone's going to leave us, we bring a different version of ourselves into that situation. And we almost co-create the scenario. And then we are defensive about it and kind of have these judgments. Um, Just as I mentioned before, I think one of the biggest things that happens is we kind of justify it saying, this is just who I am. Or we justify it saying it's not really hurting people as much as this, right? We compare and we try to have, it's a normal, normal human like behavior to try to compare yourself to others and to feel better about yourself. You know, everyone's done it. Everyone will continue to do it at some point or another. And Mm -hmm. so pointing out someone else's flaws helps you to feel a sense of confidence that's a faulty sense of confidence that's not based in a healthy way but that at least kind of fills the gap if you're not feeling confident which most people stuck in destructive cycles aren't as confident you know even if it's just a destructive cycle of negative self-talk um Mm -hmm. so i think you know that's one reason it's because we're constantly trying to create this hierarchy of what could be worse and we're saying it's not as bad as this Um, so therefore we kind of give ourselves permission. I think another big thing is ultimately we're afraid and we're afraid we won't be able to change that thing. Or maybe we've tried, maybe we've tried many times to change it and we haven't quite had the right tools. We haven't quite had the right support, whatever it is. And so we kind of give up on that change. Um, and then the third thing is, is I think just as I said, we can get so easily stuck in what's right in front of our faces that we feel like we are making a change, even when, you know, it always ends up kind of 
putting us back okay. to that place at the beginning. You know, I think of people who say, I'm going to start my diet on Monday and they do great. <laughs> Monday goes great. Monday couldn't have been a better day. They stuck to their diet. It was perfect. And then Tuesday comes and same thing. Pretty good. I mean, it was a little harder. Wednesday comes ooh, much harder. Thursday comes and you're like, why am I even doing this to myself? I'm miserable now. And you have all these <laughs> right. like negative thoughts that come to try to push you back to like homeostasis of where you've been. And if right. you don't have the skills to identify the unhelpful thinking, to identify the self-talk, to identify, you know, your support system, then typically, you know, here comes Friday and it's like, heck, it's the weekend. I deserve to have fun. <laughs> and, and you have all these thoughts like that, like I deserve to have fun and like food is fun mm-hmm. that reinforce that it's okay to go off the diet and actually you know, you're so stressed right now that you, you need to, for whatever reason, it's the only way that you can think of moving forward because your brain is so, um, caught in, in a very defensive, very defensive web of mindsets and thoughts that have never been challenged or picked apart, you know, right? like Mm -hmm. for, for someone to sit down and say, wait a second, actually I'm telling myself the story that I deserve to have fun with this. And that's not actually a story that's helping me. Mm-hmm. That's actually a story that leads me to feel bad about myself because come Sunday night, maybe I've, you know, eaten all these things, but now I'm right back to, I'm going to start first thing on Monday. Right? right. And as far as Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are concerned, you solved the problem. Right. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then the rest of the week has something else to say. And so you don't actually, it doesn't sink in as much that you're not solving the problem because you always get back to Monday and say, now is the week, you know, Mm -hmm. and we get kind of addicted to the feeling that we can create some amazing change, but then at the end of the day, we can't follow through with it. So we kind of trick ourselves into thinking that we're creating some kind of different scenario or different relationship or different, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Right. When in fact, you're just basically going around that same mountain again, expecting a different result. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Again, changing that behavior without ever Mm -hmm. getting to the root core issue beneath it. That's manifesting that behavior. Yeah. And I think I've probably been one of those Monday dieters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're in good company. Many, many, many people are. Yeah. I think um, one thing for me that I had to uh, be intentional on changing mm-hmm. was the negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to feel good about myself and I wanted to, but, but it was like everything that I said about myself was opposite of what I wanted to feel. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I was constantly battling with myself. You know, I was trying to have a positive and a negative to see if they could balance each other out. And they just never did. And so I feel like when I started to change the way that I would talk about myself, you know, like um, just even giving myself compliments, like, wow, you know, you do a lot and you're doing a really good job at balancing all of this. I'm really proud of you. I mean, just literally saying those things out loud to myself has made a huge difference in how I feel internally. And so I think that's so important. But yeah. And it sounds like what you did is you, you know, as well, 
as changing some of the core beliefs about yourself and, and letting go of the old stories or old labels that were put on you that don't fit. Right. Yes. Um, you also then use that, that self-talk to reinforce to yourself that new kind of inner identity that then ultimately has led you to produce different behaviors. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say it had to be intentional because it was very awkward for me at first because I was so almost comfortable in putting myself down because I, you know, I didn't want to be prideful. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're taught that, you know, pride comes before a fall, which is true. But in this sense, it was like I was just so negative and just beating myself up. And so I was tearing down the version of myself that I wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. Becoming like your own roadblock. And I think that's such a good point because, you know, so many people say I don't want to be prideful, but pride isn't putting someone down. Pride is having an overinflated view of yourself instead of an accurate view. And an accurate view says, hmm. I make mistakes and I'm human and I fail, but I can still be kind to myself in that, knowing that that's a human, normal human thing. And I can still continue to care for myself and speak kindly about myself, just like I would if my friend messed up and made a mistake. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. parade them and tell them they're a terrible person, you know? (laughs) Right. We probably wouldn't have very many friends. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But we say this stuff to ourselves all the time, you know, like it's acceptable. So, um, I'm her, I'm sure you've heard it said that if you change the mind, the body will follow. And I know sometimes cycles and mindsets, they can be hard to break Mm -hmm. and say, you know, while the listeners listening to this episode, they're like, wow, I actually can identify some cycles or mindsets that are unhealthy, Mm -hmm. you know, and I would like to make a change. What do you think are some you know, some pretty basic steps that they could take today. Yeah, I love that because I love this space of change because when we get connected to the right skills and the right tools, you know, I think so much of mental and emotional thriving and health has been made to be kind of mysterious, but I don't think it has to be, you know, it's a skill and we can all improve at any skill if we put our mind to it, you know? Um, so I think that's the first step is just saying like, instead of personalizing that, like something is deeply wrong with me because I have it changing that story to say, oh my gosh, I noticed, right. That up mm-hmm. th- there's an upgrade available and I can take a step to pursue and learn skills that can help me improve this thing. Yes. Um, because then the, it removes the shame right out of it. And the reality is, is there are tools and skills. And I would recommend, you know, working with a life coach, working with a therapist, if you're not sure what those are, you can even, you know, find many of them in like self-help books or YouTube videos. Um, obviously you want to make sure it's a reputable source, but, um, (laughs) but, um, pursuing those upgrades in your mindset is something that you have to do and no one else can do for you. You know, no one else is going to just hand it to you. You have to actually go out grab the bull by the horns and say, I, I can change this if I learn new skills and let me just, even if I don't fully believe that now, let me just expose myself to new ideas and new skills and see if what happens. Um, 
So that's one thing I would really recommend. I would also recommend taking a different approach with the way we think of it um, in terms of when that comes up for, for you. Like it can be really overwhelming to feel like, oh my gosh, I've been in this pattern. And maybe it's a really, really life altering, painful pattern. Right. Like big things that feel very heavy and very overwhelming, right? And I think being okay to accept that 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 is where you're at and that you don't have all of the answers yet, but you can pursue them, I think right. is a huge step to kind of calm our hearts down, to know that it's okay that these patterns exist. They're telling you information and it's okay to pursue help and, and to pursue resolving them so that you can live the life that you really want to live. Yeah. I love that. And I love how you refer to it as learning a new skill. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I feel like so much of what you teach and so much of what you offer is there's like no shame, you know, it's not like, oh, you've done wrong. And, and it's, it's shame free. It's just learn something new. Okay. Well, if this isn't working, let's try something different. And I so love that because, you know, so many times, especially if you're somebody who has had a cycle in your life that is just repeating and repeating and repeating. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, wow, you know, a lot of times we're, um, we tend to feel some shame. Like, why didn't I see this? Or why did I let this go on for so long? And I love your approach to this is, well, you see it now. And so let's take some steps forward to change things. Let's learn some new things. Let's, you know, you have an upgrade available to you. And I think it, it changes the negative perspective to, wow, this is actually a super positive thing for myself. And I just, I, I, that's one of the things I love about you. And that's one of the reasons I thank you. I think you're so, um, the listener just really needs what you, what you have to offer. Yeah. And well, so, shame, shame, really the research has shown it is counterproductive to create change. Yeah. You know, shame actually puts a roadblock in front of change and makes it harder, slower, and less likely to happen. Um, mm-hmm. ultimately to be something we stick through. And so we need to f- make sure that when we're trying to Many of us try to motivate ourselves with shame naturally. Like if I only shame myself, I'll be better. But the research right. shows that in the long run, that really, really is counterproductive and doesn't help create sustained change. Right. It may, again, it may change the behavior that's manifesting, but it's not going to change very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that that's a huge way that we can all kind of upgrade our own process. Um, and, and as well, I might add, like, if you haven't recognized the cycle for years right. or however long, there's no shame in that either. Like we yeah. have to trust that there was a reason that you didn't feel safe enough to mm-hmm. really look at that. And, right. and sometimes it's, it's to defend yourself when you, if you recognize the cycle, you would just fall apart because there were so many other things going on in your life that it would be the straw that broke the camel's back to realize Mm -hmm. something um, you're engaging in is a destructive cycle. You know, even in relationships, I think sometimes people say like, oh, I didn't like see how, how did I not see what was going to happen? 
Right. Like, how did I not see they were going to do this? Well, part of it was because of a good reason that you cared about them and you were connected yeah. to them and they were your system of security and partial system of support. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's important to kind of honor that it wasn't necessarily safe to identify it maybe at other times and that now it is. And now you right. can move forward and make those changes. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so good. And I, I really hope that the listener, if, you know, there, there's some cycles or mindsets that they're identifying that this is just so helpful for them. Um, so without knowing, of course, the listener, um, their cycle or mindset, when would you suggest that they would seek help from a life coach or a psychology expert? What would be some red flags that they should probably um, get some outside help for these cycles? Yeah. So the first thing is, is like, congratulations on recognizing it and recognizing the opportunity that you have. Yeah. Like that shows that you've already grown in some way to be at this point where it's safe enough to recognize that. And where you're even kind of contemplating some change is a really great place to be. And I would, you know, I would say that for the most part, if you're starting to recognize something that there is literally no harm in getting support to move that process faster with a a coach or, um, you know, a licensed mental health care provider, because we all would say that it would be ridiculous, absolutely Mm -hmm. ridiculous to have a football team meet together on a field and play without a coach. And teach themselves right. how to play. And we'd be, I'm like, here, you guys, I got this new idea. Yeah. You're going to be a gymnast. Go figure it out. You know? <laughs> and it's it like, sounds well, who's so silly. Teach me? Right. right. It's like, of course you need a coach. It's like, you know, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but I watched the latest season of Cheer on Netflix. <laughs> and um, it's this cheerleading team that does all these acrobatics, right? Mm-hmm. And I tried to imagine the other day, like, what would it be like if they didn't have a coach? Oh my gosh, wow. pure chaos. Yes, they wouldn't get absolutely. anywhere when things were going wrong. They wouldn't be able to see it because they're flying through the air, right? They can't see how it looks on the outside. Right. And while all of us would look at sports and say, it would be ridiculous to say someone's going to become a great athlete without a coach. That's like the silliest thing we've ever heard. For some reason, when we think about learning skills and mental health and emotional health, we feel like it's something so different and so like scary. And so like, like we judge ourselves or other people will judge us. Yes. Um, Which is again, why I think even, you know, for the listener to frame for themselves, I'm just learning skills to upgrade my life. Like we need to learn skills to upgrade our financial situation and our budgeting. We need to learn skills to upgrade our communication need to learn skills to upgrade anything that we want to learn. And, and that's what this is. And maybe, you know, podcasts and self-help books and YouTube videos can help to create that change. But if, if you're really feeling stuck, then that's a definite sign. Like if you've tried a few things and you've, you've put your toe in the water and you've kind of moved forward with some new ideas and you're not seeing the change that you want, I think that's a real sign that it's time to seek some professional help in that area, just so you can move forward faster. Just, you're not, you know, trying to teach yourself how to do a front flip over and over and over again. When, you know, a teacher can say like, okay, lift your feet this way, stand this way, land this way. And you're like, that Mm -hmm. was easier. (laughs) 
Well, I can relate to that because I was actually in cheerleading for several years. <laughs> so yeah, your, your analogy. Like, so tell me <laughs> if you showed up to learn everything without a coach, how would it have oh gone? Gosh. Disaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, because you can't see yourself. And so you don't even know if you're spaced enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know if you're too close to somebody. You don't know if you're being thrown up in the air. It you just don't know what, what's being done. So, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's very unsafe, I think as well. Yeah. But I just hope the listener can just, after listening to this podcast, that they will just take away that, yes, there's an upgrade in life for me. Mm -hmm. I just love that so much. And um, Dr. Allie, this has been so informative and I look forward to these episodes And I know the listener does as well. So can you please let everyone know how they can connect with you? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to kind of speak into this process and to be connected with you and have worked with you and everything. So it's always just such a pleasure to have these conversations. And um, I pray that the, the listener will feel um, just connected to the content and more hopeful by the end. Um, there can be things that we get stuck in that feel so exhausting mm-hmm. and, and painful and stuck and overwhelming, but there is so much hope. Yes. Um, and, and you are a shining example of that, right? So Aww. it's very, very inspiring to see. Um, to get a hold of me, you um, can go to my website, which is radianthoughts.com. Or you can email me at ali at radiantthoughts.com. And that's really the best way to get a hold of me. Um, on there, you can find our books and courses to help with issues like this, as well as um, if you're feeling like I don't even know where to start, you feel, feel free to contact me and I can either set you up with a consultation for coaching or I can connect you with someone who I feel like would suit your needs or what you're looking for, or connect you with resources. Um, that would further you on your individual journey. So every listener, I just want you to know that I'm here to help and serve and support you in whatever way I can. Yes. And I also just want to encourage you guys to go out and get her book, Learning How to Love. That is the one I read an excerpt from today. And it's so, so good. So thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Dr. Allie, for your time. And as always, guys, until next time, we bless you. 